Well, hello, Jacob's Well Podcast. This is Paul. I'm here with Shua, and this is a continuation of our reading through Luke as we continue this journey together. Well, hey, everybody. It's good to reconnect with you. We've been doing it a lot lately through podcasts, and I just really want to encourage you, just continue to share these podcasts. This week, we've got several different ones coming out. We're going to do our read through Luke here right now. Uh, tomorrow, we're actually going to have um, a, a counselor from one of the schools, one of the school psychologists, going to be talking about helping kids cope with anxiety. We're actually working on getting a couple ER docs, uh, and James Watley from Peace Church is going to do that with me, and we're just going to talk with those guys and pray for those guys and get some advice from those guys. So we've got a lot of different things coming your way this week. I'm excited because you probably have noticed that uh, on worship on weekends, we haven't had Shua up front um, uh, leading in worship. Olivia and Kenzie and, and the whole group have just been doing a beautiful job. But we've been missing Shua. That, and the reason why is Shua has been uh, actually uh, socially distancing in a, in a really profound way. <laughs> so Shua is actually joining me by phone right now. So Shua, where have you been, man? Yeah, well, hi, everybody. I'm on the phone right now from my house. Uh, so my wife and I, Annie, we decided to take a vacation at the most convenient time possible, <laughs> um, right before this whole virus went crazy. And uh, we were in Arizona when everything started getting a little wild. Um, we did some national parks, and as, as things got more serious, we decided to, to hurry home. And so now we're back in Eau Claire, and uh, we're self-quarantining for a couple weeks here. Yeah, so you guys were going to fly back, but then you decided to drive back. And what was it like driving cross-country, you know, when all this is going oh, on? Oh, yeah. Well, that was actually um, probably the best thing we did. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just, just being able to stay away from huge crowds. And, yeah. you know, we were super careful at every single gas station and yep. washed our hands before and after and, yep. and all that jazz. But, yep. um, yeah, just so glad to be home. Glad yeah. to be safe, um, and now just trying to do the best we can to help everybody else out. You saw some beautiful uh, national parks, and uh, well, yeah. that's good. Everything's crazy right now, man, and um, uh, that's that's just you know. If you, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what would you say to everybody? I mean, what would be your word? Just you know, as a worship leader, as a pastor, you know, what what God, what has God been saying to you about this whole thing? Yeah, I would say remember where our hope lies. Yeah. It lies in him. And even when things seem scary and seem out of control, he's always there and he's always still strong. This is certainly not the first time in history that Christians have had to face something that's been confusing and a little scary. Um, and every time throughout history, whether it's been illness like this or it's been war or anything else, um, our God has stayed on the throne and he's stayed strong and mighty and he's been the one that's carried uh, people through every single time and he's going to carry us through. Yeah. Well, and that is a perfect word. And that is actually a perfect segue into um, the scriptures that we're looking at today as we continue our read through Luke. So we're in chapter 12. And uh, this last weekend, I, I did a passage of scripture that technically was actually the end of last year's last week's reading. But it was the it was the hookup verse. It was the verse between the two passages of scripture and it's just, again, God's providence. I've blown away just where we're at and how God has just positioned us as a church to hear from him, to minister, to be connected with the people of God, to actually help other churches in the area use our resources and our facility to record their services. And it's just been really cool. But the passage we looked at this last weekend was about anxiety. Um, and and, and I, I really wanted a couple big things to come out this week. One, all of us are feeling anxiety. I really wanted 
to give people permission to feel anxiety. Because, you know, a lot of well-meaning, but I think maybe sometimes misguided folks on the internet were just posting a lot of things that made it sound like that if we're serious Christians, if we're really committed Christians, we're not going to be feeling any fear, any anxiety, sure. you know, and that's that's just not real. I mean, that that's the kind of thing that when we say, people look at it and say, well, if that's what it means to be a Christian, I don't, don't think I can do that because it's just not in harmony with the way the world really is. And so we took a look at that that passage, and, and the passage that actually says, and this is true of, of most of the passages that say, don't have anxiety, don't fear. It's in a verb tense that that describes a condition of starting something and then being in an ongoing state. And so these verses are not saying, hey, don't be honest about being afraid. Don't be honest about, you know, acknowledging anxiety and that there are some really scary things out of there uh, out there in the world but what this verse is actually saying is that we as followers of Christ are under a blessing from God that we do not have to live in this constant state of anxiety and so I just want to say that again to everybody that that these passages do not shame us into feeling bad and actually increase our anxiety because oh my goodness the bad stuff is happening now I'm a bad Christian because I feel anxiety quite quite the opposite it gives us gives us permission to acknowledge our anxiety acknowledge our fears and then to say okay god has given us a place to bring this anxiety to bring this fear some things that we can do so that we don't have to live in this constant say, state of anxiety we can actually experience things like hope and peace enjoy and, and I gotta tell you I don't know what it is today because I've been feeling anxiety like everybody else you, you have had any anxiety in the last couple of weeks oh just a wee bit just a wee bit and, <laughs> and, and that's just honest right but today I just have this incredible sense of hope maybe it's because I haven't really looked at the the news too closely today I have been checking it but 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 God just give me this incredible sense of hope and even the sense of joy and and part of it is just I'm just so amazed and again and love again with the Church of Jesus Christ because I see so many people doing so many good things. I see, you know, I see so many people praying. I mean, if we think about this, a week ago, you know, people were not praying like they're praying right now. There are tens mm-hmm. of millions of people praying that God delivers us from this crisis. God hears prayer. That's powerful. The smartest people in the world are working to find solutions for this. Um, for every report I hear about people doing something silly or stupid or selfish or irresponsible, I'm hearing 10, 20 stories about people helping out, encouraging, pointing, yeah. doing the right things. So again, it's just, you know, God, God is just God. He is in charge. And in this passage, of course, where he says, you know, you know, don't be anxious, you know, because your body's really not about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear or you know, whether or not, you know, even, you know, whether or not we get sick or we don't get sick, there's more to life than that. And, and then he says, look at the, the, the birds, look at the flowers. He says, I take care of them. I'm going to take care of you because you are more precious than that. And so these words of Jesus that come to us, man, are just, just so timely, just so perfect. You know, and then that the ending of this passage, which is just a call to then seek the kingdom of God, seek the things of God, seek the person of God, respond to this as a kingdom citizen who recognizes that this life is temporary, we're just passing through, that we have an eternal home. It's just such a great perspective piece. And the fact that we were just, boom, right here in Luke, 
right now. Yeah. It's just for me, God saying, you know what, you know what, church, I got this. I got this. Well, and to your point about about not letting fear or or an anxious for us to beat ourselves up about that is for us to realize that we have an incredibly good father. Yes. We serve this great king and he is big enough yep. uh, for our fears yes. and our anxiety and our doubts and our concerns. And um, he's the same God who was there as the psalmists poured out their heart and expressed their fear and their anxieties. And yep. he's the same God who rescued them and has been doing that for all of all of history. And I, I, I love that reminder. And I think um, it'd be it'd be foolish of us right now to pretend that that um, fear is not real yep. and that that anxiety is not real. But yep. to be able to find that we've got this incredible hope, we've got this God who can turn our eyes toward a future yeah. and toward remembering there's something beautiful and and better than um, than our current circumstances is, is so necessary right now. Absolutely, and I mean that's just like one of the good things that can come out of this. Where, you know, so many. I had a friend who was teaching through Exodus, and he got to the point where he was teaching about the the plagues. And and you don't know this about the most people don't know this about the Exodus plagues, but they're all directed at an Egyptian god. That that these plagues tear down one of the false gods of Egypt after another, and I really do think that God's been pulling down some of our false gods of busyness and prestige and and providing for ourselves and our wealth and our our whatever and he's bringing us back to a point that he's saying wow you know we're saying well it's the fundamental things it's loving god and loving people it's taking care of our friends and our families it's it's having courage in times that are uncertain it's acknowledging not that we've lost control but we never had control and that's okay i mean so there's opportunity for spiritual renewal in this for deep prayer. That's one of the reasons we created the two podcasts last week about prayer. We have a morning prayer and an evening prayer. And I really encourage anybody who's experiencing a lot of anxiety to, to not just listen to those, but use those as a tool for prayer and use them maybe every morning, every evening this week. And, and even if it's hard, um, lean into it and, and let those scriptures just sink into your being, you know, and invite the presence of God, do the breathing exercises and, 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 Man, I, there's just opportunity for real spiritual depth here, um, as we're all just being brought brought back to a place of being centered on God. Um, the thing that's interesting is that this passage of scripture, the reading for this week, actually goes on to some of the really intense passages of scripture in here. And again, I think it's providential that we have opportunity for this because some of what Luke is going to start doing in this middle section is really kind of shaking the tree a little bit to find out, you know, what's going to, you know, what's going to hang on and what's not going to hang on. I think I just mixed like four metaphors there, but, um, <laughs> but uh, he's getting um, to the point where he's had the crowds follow him and now he's calling people to deeper, more profound discipleship. And he's wanting people to know that, that um, they've got to make a decision of whether or not they're going to follow Christ or whether they're not going to follow Christ. That, that, um, that, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that people need to focus on him. And again, in these days where so many of our distractions are being removed from us, for us to look at a passage of scripture like this and recognize, wow, you know, Jesus, you know, a lot of people look at what Jesus says and, and um, boy, he's kind of being maybe intolerant. But what I actually see in Jesus is that he's being very clear. He's actually being very clear that you know, you're kind of with me or you're not, you know. Um, so the next passage right after not being anxious is a passage calling us to be ready. 
um, to live in such a way that we are ready for for um, Christ and the return of Christ. There are multiple passages in here where it talks about, you know, uh, there's a narrow way and there's a, a wide way, a narrow door and a, a, a wide door. Most people find themselves, you know, on the wide road. Um, we're called to be on a narrow road. Um, this is These are the passages of Scripture where um, we're called to repent. We're called to turn away from a life without God, a life in our own self-sufficiency, and a life um, to God. And I, and I really believe that through this season of, of you know, corona, we're going to find a lot of people just asking deep questions about what, what life is all about. And there's going to be a whole lot of people who are turning towards God. And so there's opportunity to lovingly, but clearly just invite people to a relationship with God. Because, I mean, uh, people... People are paying attention. I was speaking to a guy just yesterday. Yeah. I, I had to be at a in a in a store uh, um, gas station and just looked at the guy and, and said, "How you doing?" And he said, oh, "That's pretty scary." And I, I was just able there in the gas station just to say some positive things. I said, "Well, here's a couple things. One, spring is coming. That's good." And he he kind of smiled at that. And I said, "The other thing is, the smartest people in the world are working on this." And he said, "I never thought of that." And then I said, "The other thing is." There are millions of people praying today who were not praying a week ago. And I said, I think God loves us and he answers prayer. And it was kind of a gruff guy with a big beard and he kind of looked at me sideways, but then he just kind of, and his eyes actually teared up, you know, and, uh, and he, he got gruff and then he walked away. But it was just this opportunity. I saw how spiritually receptive people are at this point. Um, and so just lovingly, Holy Spirit-led discerning. We have some opportunities, and not just drop Facebook bombs or anything like that, but hopefully we're reaching out to people, we're calling people, and and we'll have some opportunities to just point people to Christ, which is a very cool thing. Um, One of the things I do want to touch base on here is that you'll notice in this passage that we're going to be in this week is that there's some stuff about interpreting the times and about the return of Christ. And so one of the questions that I've been getting, just a few answers, and again, I've been seeing some stuff on social media, and so I just want to speak to it. There's some people asking, well, Pastor Paul, is this it? Is Jesus going to come back? Is this the great cataclysmic times? Because they'll say, you know, not only is this the the, the plagues that, that, that sometimes are spoken about, but they keep having all these reports about locusts in Africa, and then there was an earthquake in Tennessee this week, and and, and I just want to kind of encourage everybody to just uh, get a little different perspective. First of all, just catch your breath and, and just remember that, that no matter what, it's good news. Because if Jesus is coming back, if he came at this moment, for those of us who are believers, it's just a hallelujah. I mean, it's just okay, ready to go home, uh, you know, just perfect. The, the other thing I would say is, is kind of be careful about anybody who is going to pick up their Bible and then pick up a a newspaper and try to connect the dots between the two at any given time. Because any time through human history, whenever you've had either a big transition on the calendar or cataclysmic events, whether it's World War I or World War II, whether the year AD 1000 or the AD 2000, or or the Black Plague or the Bubonic Plague or the Swine Flu, there will be well-meaning but misguided preachers who will come and, and they will they will start connecting dots, and they will start predicting things. And whenever someone does that and you find yourself getting anxious about it, getting afraid about it, 
um, then you should probably just realize that something's not right. Um, that, that the return of Christ is our hope. It's our joy. It's our anticipation. And the truth is, is that believers, I, th- I think believers should probably not spend so much time trying to figure out when it's going to happen and spend more time living every day as though it could happen every mo- any moment. That, yeah, that we, we live in a perpetual state of Maranatha, which means even now, even so, come Lord Jesus. That if he came in this moment, it would be joy realized in the most unbelievable way. And so we long for it. But the ones he's coming for, the ones who are busy loving him and loving people and found working. And so I just want to speak peace to anybody who's just trying to figure that out, mapping it out, and and um, and maybe just... Um, not worry so much about guessing the date and worry more about, you know, loving and being found loving. I, I can imagine, I've always thought, imagined on the day Jesus returns that he comes down and someone comes to him and says, hey, Jesus, I did it. I nailed it. I was the person who predicted when you were going to come and I got it exactly right. And I wonder if he might not say, depart from me, I never knew you, you know, because yeah. Jesus never commanded us to figure out the date and time. Okay. Um mm-hmm. And, and maybe there's another person who said, Jesus, I didn't realize it was today, but I've been off helping widows and orphans and loving and sharing and caring for my family. And, and Jesus said, you know, welcome, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Because at the end of the day, it, it really is about um, being found ready when he returns. And, and so as you read these passages of Scripture, don't let him get you anxious, ironically, because right before it is, is do not be anxious, but instead let it be an encouragement to find yourself ready in service for the return of Christ, which is our our hope and and our encouragement um, for eternal life. You got any thoughts about that, Shu? Anything you want to add to that? Um, well, I would just it, what comes to mind is is um, being told that Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. Yeah, um, right. And that we don't know the the date or the time or the hour, and and that's okay. Right. Um, Yep, and I would just agree that that throughout history, that's that's always the first thing that comes to my mind is how many people before us have looked at signs of the times and assumed that that meant oh it's now, right. um, and uh, yeah, I I completely agree that the right call of action right now is for us to look at our hearts and say, am I living every single day as if Christ is returning right. and living with anticipation and excitement? Um, that's the answer. Yeah, I think so too. I'm always reminded whenever I have these conversations on how off they were about Christ's first coming. You know, they expected him to come as a king conquering and they had it all figured out and what it was going to look like so that when Jesus showed up on the scene and and they were like, this can't be it because this isn't what we, you know, had figured out. And so, you know, I just just think a lot of that's above my pay grade and um, I just know it's going to be glorious. It's going to be just joy. And so, you know, I want to be found faithful you know, um, with him, you know, again, um, this, this, uh, this, the, the scriptures that we'll be looking at as we're reading through Luke this week are just a call to that, that faith and, um, and to be people who are, uh, for instance, one of the, one of the uh, be people being found faithful. So one of the ones is the, the, the parable of the barren fruit uh, fig tree, um, that he wants us to be fruitful and to be fruitful means to be having a life of love, and a life of godliness, and a life of just loving God and loving people. And so, yeah, it's just a great call to to have us recenter ourselves. 
So, you know, I thought maybe, sure, what we could do in ending our uh, time today is maybe just have some prayer. Um, would you be willing to just lead us in a, a word of prayer and then I'll close us in prayer and then we'll, um, we'll, we'll end our time together. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Yahweh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, we need you so much. And right now, I think all of us are aware, some of us painfully aware of our need for you. God, we come to you, um, in these times that look dark and scary and confusing. And we look to you as our hope and our strength, our comforter, the one that will lift us up. Um, God, we need your wisdom every single day as we choose how to best um, love our families, love our communities well, as we all are learning how to address this um, virus together. Lord, I pray for your peace that would surpass all understanding, that would just fill our hearts and our minds in a profound way, in a way that we can't quite um, explain um, because it's just your Holy Spirit moving and active inside of us. Um, God, we come to you uh, with the things that maybe have been coming to mind as of late, those, those things of um, maybe it's, it's sin or addictions or, or issues that just need to be brought up and have been kind of stirred up through all this extra time at home and by ourselves. And we just, we bring those things to you, Lord, yes. knowing that you're not a God of anger towards nope. us, but that nope. you're a God of such compassion and yes. forgiveness and yes. love. And I do pray, Lord, that through this whole time, that people would um, find just a deeper relationship with you. This would be a time that um, that shows us that the things that we hold on to in this life, those things that have become idols for us, whether that's um, entertainment, money, and the things that we just think are going to satisfy us, that we would see how how fragile those are, and instead we would see that in you, God, there is the one who will always satisfy in the deepest way, in the only way. Yeah. Um, and so, God, we turn our hearts, we turn our minds, we turn our very selves to you, and, God, we just we acknowledge that you are everything, and we need you, God. Yeah. Father, I just agree in prayer with Shua. And again, we just lift up our president, we lift up our governor, our leaders, our public officials, all the doctors and nurses, all the, the hospital workers, all the people who are in service industries who are keeping things going, our truck drivers, all the folks who are, are active. We pray for all those who have actually been affected by this virus, who are sick, who are ill. We pray your peace, and we just pray, Father, your spirit would go to them. You'd put Christians actively seeking, Father, to... Um, just be the salt and light of Christ in this world. I pray that you would bring a spiritual awakening in each of us and in our nation and our world as, as thousands, even, even could we say millions of people would turn to you and that we would see a spiritual awakening. We do pray that father. We thank you that when we pray, we can say our father because you are our father and we are most grateful for that. We love you and we lift all these things up in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We are grateful for you, and we will keep coming at you. We're in this together, and God is our Father. So we'll talk again soon. <laughs>